Welcome to the Secrets of Virtual Production podcast by Final Pixel. My name is James and I'm your host. I've spent the last year working in virtual production and learning all about how it works. Come and join me and my guests as we discover the world of virtual production and everything it has to offer. This week, we are joined by Monica Hinden, the executive producer of Final Pixel, a global creative studio specializing in end-to-end virtual production. Monica has 20 years producing experience, specializing in large-scale live-action commercial productions. Whether executive producing a national commercial with an A-list talent that's only giving you one hour, or leading a crew of 50 plus, seven talent, nine clients, and a dog on a one-week real-time road trip for Land Rover, She's an expert problem solver and no stranger to logistical nightmares. From Monica's point of view, nothing is a problem, there's always a solution. Relax and let her handle it. Today we're going to explore the role producers play in virtual production. Hi Monica, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, James. Um, So can you tell me a bit about how you got involved in the world of virtual production? Sure, Uh, it was the pandemic. Uh, My... uh, creative agency that I've had for 15 years, um, had a massive shoot scheduled for March of 2020. And um, it got canceled the day before the shoot because of the national lockdown. And that was a huge hit to everyone involved, mostly the client, but it was um, in some ways I'm thankful for it because it was a wake up call right at the beginning of how big this was and what a change it was going to make. And Um, that agency really specialized in large scale, live action productions, huge crews, you know, and we knew right away that work was not going to be happening for quite a while. So, um, we started researching other kinds of production. What, what, what can, what will we be able to do in this new world without really understanding at the time what the new world was, but what were different ways of doing production? And that's right when Disney Plus launched and everyone was watching The Mandalorian and the making of um, series. And we got really deep into virtual production, my business partner, Chris, um, and I, and he apparently was having the same conversations with his brother, Michael. I'd say around April, 2020, the three of us started talking and saying, this is a really incredible form of production. And for me personally, at the time, I was really just seeing it as an option during COVID, a way to um, shoot in um, locations that we couldn't get to or shoot multiple talent in different locations, but make it look they were in the same location, just issues that COVID was proposing, was creating at that time. Um, And it's, it is so snowballed since then. Uh, But that's, that's how I got involved. Yeah, so initially started as sort of a um, a solution to the problem that was the pandemic, but now it's kind of shifted into more of a, this is a long-term solution to a lot of other issues that we have with shooting. Absolutely. I mean, what we were seeing in the um, Mandalorian work and in um, other work that we've that this kind of um, production has been done in, it's, it's generally fantastical or science fiction um, on massive budgets. So we right from the beginning started saying, OK, can we do this um, in realistic environments? You know, our clients generally want to be shooting in living rooms and kitchens, backyards, places that people know what they look like. So if they're not real know. Mm-hmm. Um, also, my clients don't have, you know, $25 million for an episode or a spot. So um, it, we really spent 2020 figuring out how it's done and how 
realistic could we push these what what we would consider normal environments? What are some of the benefits of virtual production from a producer's point of view? It's all the things a producer cares about: time, money, um, client expectation management. Uh, it's, it really solves so many of the problems, not all of them and, and not all at once, um, really depends of course on the production, but, uh, I've found so often there will be a project on the table that is being approached traditionally. And there's some problem that's, that's causing it to not move forward or, or creatives are stuck. And I feel like nine times out of town that virtual production will solve that problem, whether or not it's because you can't get the talent to the specific location on a certain day, or you wanna shoot you know, too many locations within one day and you can't pull that off, or you need to recreate a location that you don't have access to. Um, there's, it solves all the most problems I find. And again, it's not, you know, there's no magical solution, I think, for a producer that makes everything faster and cheaper and better. That doesn't happen. Um, but if one of those is really a problem sticking out for you, this, this will, will solve it. How does virtual production change the client experience? So what I love is my clients know what they're getting through the whole process. Um, the initial phase is a little difficult right now because people don't necessarily understand the tech. So first you have to get everyone on board to understand what actually is virtual production, what is the technology capable of, what's the timeline. But once we actually get into production, um, the previs portion of it is incredible because it, it isn't previs. It's what turns into the actual production. Um, so in traditional um, production, I've always had a hard time with, um, you know, our production designers putting together their direction for the set. You know, we're doing mood boards, we're doing polls, photos of, of um, set pieces that we're going to be putting together. It's, it's always a bit of a, um, a mixture and everyone needs to bring their imagination to understand what you're going to get. And that's a problem when you have 20 people involved that all have a slightly different idea of what all of these creative pulls and, and the previs options you've given them, what they're actually going to look like. Whereas now we actually build our set fully in, in realistic 3D and Unreal Engine. So it's not just the background. We also build the foreground elements that we will have ultimately on set that we'll have as practical set pieces or props. We still build all of that in the environment so that when we're doing reviews with client, they are seeing the set as it will look. And they also can change the lighting early on weeks in advance. They see the set and they feel like the lighting is the wrong time of day or they prefer the sun from a different direction because it, it, you can change all of that. So you get on set, client's incredibly happy. There's no question. It, it's exactly what they've seen the whole time and you can get rolling immediately, which then hits my time and budget check boxes of my producer brain. Um, and client's extremely happy. I have yet to have a production where client shows up on set and is surprised or upset with any part of, of what they're seeing. Yeah, because like you were saying, like previs is the new viz. Like they know exactly what they're going to see when they turn up on set. So there's not going to be m many changes, minimal, if any, 
changes to what you're showing them. Exactly. They see on set exactly what they've seen on their computer monitor and our pre-visualization walkthroughs every week. It's exactly what they're expecting. Um, how does virtual production affect costs of a production? Depends on the creative, the project, just like most things, scale is the best um, for keeping the cost down. What it does, um, as far as just apples to apples, you need to be on stage a couple extra days. Um, you need access to that LED volume and you need to get your content on it and be testing it, make sure the camera's tracked. Um, when you're determining where you're going to shoot this, you need to make sure you know what you're walking into. Are you walking into a stage that has a working volume, a tracked camera, everything's ready to go, or are you going to have to build days into your schedule to get those things accomplished? Um, you are adding a good amount of um, visual effects uh, in the in the pre-production that you're not used to. Your what we call our VAD, our virtual art department, is working all in pre-production now. Um, but it also means you're saving a ton of money in post, especially if you're comparing this to a traditional VFX shoot or green screen. Um, where the savings really come in is um, if travel is on the table for anything. Um, say it's winter and you need to go shoot in a beach and you need to travel, talent, client, some of the crew, all of the crew, depending on what you're doing. That's all removed. You can you can you can shoot it anywhere on the LED. Um, weather, you're not going to have any weather issues, um, which means if a freak storm comes up or you lose your sun because of you know a technical issue, the camera breaks and you lose your sunset, you have to hold, do another whole day of production. You don't have any of of that um, or even the because so often you know we can't control those things, but then so we need to plan for it or just get killed um, budget wise later. Either one of those, those are gone. And then again, if it's um, an environment you're going to use frequently, whether you're a brand that um, utilizes a location all the time in your in your production, like a QSR or something like that, or you're a show that has a standing set. Um, once it's built, you can use it over and over again. And so the savings just, you know, like this kind of model, the savings show up in time. If you're comparing just an apples to apples and you want to do a location shoot, a one day location shoot you would normally do traditionally and you move it into virtual production, unless that location is totally inaccessible, it may not be worth it. Um, but if you start thinking strategically, um, it can save you so much money in the long run, long run in both planning or reactive costs of problems that can happen. Yeah, it feels like it just it gives you a lot more control over multiple aspects of a production. And because of that, you have more control over the costs. So much more control. And one of another thing um, I didn't even mention, mention uh, I've been speaking to a lot of producers um, in long form. Um, and you think about all the visual effects that are done all the time and, and directors are shooting on green screen. And then these, these, this footage is taken to, to the visual effects team, the post team, and then they have to composite everything. And if the director didn't completely stick to the plates that they plan, the angles they plan, all the prep work that the, the post teams have done is out the window and they have to start over and that can cost so much time and money. Whereas in this, if you have a, a, an environment that you're shooting in 
the, the director can grab whatever they want. It doesn't matter. You're, you know, if, and that's the beauty for directors too. They can, they can change their angles. They can change their setup in the last minute. If something's really beautiful or really working, they're not stuck to this post plan that they have to be rigid to, or again, go rogue. And then, and then post is in so much trouble. Um, so yeah, absolutely. As a producer, it gives you so much more control. One thing you mentioned in that was about travel to locations. Um, going on from that, what, what role does sustainability play in virtual production? Oh my gosh. This is, I have a twofold answer. I mean, anyone spending 10 seconds on this, it's obvious um, the benefits of this. However, I'm working, we are working as a company really hard to prove those benefits because I, I think we're at a point where we can't just say, oh, this is a this is best. Let's just do this. We really need just to, to put our money where our mouths are and actually be able to prove and find where we can do more. So that work is being done. I don't have, you know, all of this is so brand new. There are no papers or studies to, re to point to exact numbers, but we're working um, with Albert and we're working with different um, education institutions to get some studies set so we can define exactly. But back to the obvious, I mean, we all know for any production, the travel, the travel is far and away the worst um, carbon consumer of any production. It's wonderful what we've all been doing in the last, you know, decade trying to cut down on plastic on set and, you know, less meat on set, these kind of things. And those are great. Every, every single thing is great, but the travel is 10 times more than any of that. And if we can cut that back with this, it can make such a huge dent. It does not make these productions net zero. And that's ultimately the goal we all need to be working towards. And that's why I said, we're working on with partners to really define the numbers so we can figure out how to get it completely net zero. Because we'll be honest, you know, the, the equipment you're using, the LED panels, um, the processors, those are huge energy guzzlers, but you know, ideally you're working with a sustainable energy provider. So it, there are a ton of things you can do and we're working on defining what those are so that virtual production projects can be as green as possible. Um, but if anyone's just trying to do immediate work this is is so such an easy shift and again like think about it you fly to south africa in the winter for a a, a summer campaign shoot it's a great carbon saver not flying everyone there it's a huge money saver not flying everyone there and once again you're not dealing with weather so i understand it's beautiful that's why you go but storms still happen you know things happen that you can't control on those kind of shoots so the only drawback from that is yes, the, the, the team doesn't get to go on an awesome trip. And yes, that is a bummer, but I don't really think that's why we're doing this work. And especially if we're trying to think sustainably, that should not be our number one reaction to this solution. Um, what kind of projects benefit the most from virtual production? And are there any types of projects that don't benefit? Sure. I think, I probably mentioned this in some of the earlier ones. De definitely, I think um, projects that have a, a set that is reused on multiple episodes, multiple seasons, um, that is an obvious win. Um, I think ones that don't, that's a good question. And I, I like to imagine in like three, five years, looking back and laughing at what I saw as, or not just not necessarily roadblocks, but 
I didn't even let my brain think of the, all of the possibilities of what this can do. Um, <clears throat> but right now, I'd say the ones that don't, as I mentioned earlier, apples to apples, if it's a one-day shoot in a location you can get to, talents there, I don't really see the point of, of virtual production. Also, if there's like, you want a ton of action or, or you know, running around straight, there's ways to fake that for sure. There's tons of car commercials that are using this technology with, with um you know, video on the screen and, and the wheels moving. So you can absolutely fake that with cars. I think with people running around, running around corners, that kind of stuff, it's doable, but it, it can get really complicated. It might not be that useful. But again, to me, it's once you decide to start utilizing this production, you adjust the creative here and there so that those scenes that may not be as simple in this realm, just adjust them. Or you can always also do half and half, you know, you can still have your on location shoots um, and your virtual production portion of the project, which I think is going to be the majority of work um, happening. But I think, you know, we had a client come to us recently with a, a shoot and I came back and said, honestly, this is, this should be a green screen. You're overcomplicating it. This, the virtual production isn't going to help you. I'd love to do it. It'd be fun, but it, it was, it was, it was simple. There was no reason green screen wouldn't have worked for them. Uh, so it, it really does require understanding the capabilities and the benefits to determine what's a good project. We have lots of clients that come to us and say, we're really looking for a good virtual production job. And I, again, I don't think that's the best way to go about it. Work on your creative, be open, and then see if virtual production is going to solve problems you're facing in your creative or in your brief, whatever it is. Um, so since the, the pandemic and the boom of virtual production, we've seen a lot of different studios uh, constructing volumes and setting up walls. Does Final Pixel own an LED wall? No, and I'm so thankful. <laughs> Once again, the producer and me. Um, no, we've talked about it and we will continue to talk about it. And who knows, it may be um, in the distant future. But to me as a producer, and I hope I, you know, I don't want to anger people saying this, but it's a line item to me. It's a piece of equipment. It is yeah. not, it is not the project. It is not the creative. It is, it, it is just as important as the camera. I don't own cameras. Um, I, so to me, that's, that's the number one. Um, initially we were talking about it and we're concerned like, well, you know, owning equipment, it goes out of date. There's that issue having a wall, you need to keep it busy, there's that issue. But what I've learned in practice with the work we've been doing for the last year and a half with clients, no, no volume is ever right for the project. We have put up a custom wall for just about every single shoot we've done. I think one in LA, we were able to utilize a standing volume that we have a relationship with. And we have relationships with volumes and we're constantly trying to push those when we're in production, but for, for one reason or another, the, you know, past experiences, the talent, it needs to be, you know, within a five mile radius of their home or wherever it is that they're coming from, or it needs to be in a complex that has multiple stages. So we can, while we're doing, you know, the video shoot, there needs to be a photo shoot going on elsewhere, or maybe we need two walls and this standing space only has one or, Whatever it is, there's always been a reason why clients needed a wall to their specs in some specific location. So that looking back, even if we had our own, 
it would have been wrong. <laughs> we would have still been taking it down and moving it around. Um, so I really, I really love the flexibility of having great, great partners in putting up our walls where we need anywhere in the world, uh, not, not being hampered with the management of equipment um, and being able to, to tell my clients, we're literally giving them exactly what they need. We're not trying to shoehorn them into something we have. I, I say it all the time. I, I don't hire a director of photography because he or she owns a great camera. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, and yeah, and it comes back to the whole point of control over what you want on a shoot. It, you you scale up or scale down different aspects of departments depending on what you need. So why would that be any different for the the virtual production department with their technology? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love being able to build out what we need. Um, are there any projects you've produced in the past that you wish you could have used virtual production on? So many, so many. Um, when we started this um, back in 2020, that was one of the first things we did. We looked back at our past reel and thought, what projects did we have problems with? And one that immediately jumped out to me was <clears throat> a simple campaign we shot in a house with a family. And it was supposed to be a, a single campaign. We shot in one, one one day, one house, and I had like three or four different families. And uh, the client loved it so much, it ended up turning into almost a two-year campaign. And they kept wanting to go back to the same house, which was a problem for numerous reasons. Once a family lived there and they didn't necessarily want us there every month. Also, because of that, the, the whole campaign was based on real families that, you can't get that many real families in a one little area that are going to be great on camera. If you're going that long, you have to be finding people everywhere. So then we were traveling to different cities, trying to find homes that looked really similar or the same couch or in post, you know, put this, this picture in the background that was, it was so insane what we were going through for like this really simple, simple creative. Um, so to have been able in the beginning to build that living room and just shoot it with anyone, anywhere we wanted, or, you know, when it came around the second time, realized, okay, we shot on this location, but we want this living room again. So let's just build it now and use it for the future. That would have been incredible. Um, we did a shoot a couple of years ago for a, um, it was a network competition show with a set. And they wanted to shoot um, a spot on it. The show wasn't in production. The set was in storage. And to get the set out of storage and build the part we needed was more expensive than just building part of the set. So we were instructed to completely rebuild a part of the set. We were in a studio for a week building it. And we shot for, I think, two days. And then... It was trashed. I mean, I think we donated some of it to some school, but please, they trashed it after a year or two. I mean, it, it was so heartbreaking on so many levels. The amount of work that went into it, the amount of waste that was created that had this network just had this model, this location, they could have, the day would have been so much more effective and they could have shot so much more on that set. They were really burned by that situation too. And they realized, okay, we can't do this again. This is a, this is a crazy waste. So that would have been incredible. 
try there's there's a ton i mean we've had projects with uh talent that you know won't leave their hometown and so creative has to be based on something we can shoot in their hometown again if we could have brought a volume in even small the opportunities of the you know the the creative opportunities would have been so much more wide open. Um, I, I could go on. There's a million of them. And I think any any producer, any creative, anyone that's in production have to have been halfway through my first sentence been thinking of past projects that this could have solved painful points on. Okay, so last question, which we ask all of our guests, what is your biggest secret of virtual production? My biggest secret in virtual production uh, is that I come at it uh, from a production and filmmaking point of view, not from a visual effects side. And I think that's the big question I'm fascinated to see what happens over the next few years in, in the division of that. Because uh, the majority of what we're seeing are, are you know, VFX houses and, and teams approaching this. And I mean, that that information, that history is imperative. and. And on my end, I'm, I'm reaching out to those people constantly and relying on them because I don't know that area. But what I think I bring to the table uh, and my partners as well is that we come from filmmaking because that's the thing. This isn't just post and you can't just fix it and you know hide away in a room in the dark with a computer and get some geniuses on it and let's just fix it. Like there needs, there's an incredible amount of pre-production and communication and um, interpersonal skills with lots of departments that have to happen to make this work. You can't just show up on a set with a thumb drive of a 3D environment and it's gonna work. You really need to know how to put all the pieces together and get the right people speaking. And at this point, everyone's learning on every production. It, you know, There's no one in any one department that has 10 years of experience in this. You know, uh, you know, maybe on the film in the, in the in the movies, you go to ILM and talk to them. Sure, but as far as this, you know, what we're all trying to do now, as far as bringing this to um, television and 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 advertising, everyone's learning. So I think um, coming at it from a production point of view is a huge um, benefit because it's all about um, communication and problem solving and, and getting people to work together as opposed to just assuming we can just fix it with some art and clicks, which is very important, don't get me wrong. That is just as important, but I feel like leading it from the production side is what enables a production to actually do this successfully. Because in the end, of course, everyone wants a beautiful finished product, you have to have that. But if the process and the experience was terrible, we're never gonna do it again. And by coming at it from production, I ensure that the process is good as well as the final product. Brilliant. Thank you, Monica, for joining us on the podcast. You're welcome, James. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more from me and my guests, click the follow button. You can also visit our website, finalpixel.com, to find out more about what we are doing. Once again, Thank you for listening. Join me next time to uncover more secrets of virtual production.